Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the show. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard. I'm one of your hosts. I'm in Vegas. Your other host is on the East Coast out in Boston. It's Josh Applebaum. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Pritch. Happy Wednesday. Big day today. Adam Burke Day. So we'll get a lot of uh, good takes here out of Adam. Uh, and a lot to get to, Pritch, because number one, aren't you glad I didn't text you about Nevada last night? <laughs> yeah, They're up by three right. and a half, and then they absolutely get blown away in the second half. So uh, in a way, Pritch, it's probably better you didn't get a text from me. Yeah. But all, all jokes aside, a couple things from last night, just teachable moments, and one really crazy thing that we've seen from an analytics-based perspective. So number one, UConn, getting it done there against Nova. Uh, obviously, that was kind of a, a, an epic sweat there at the end i trailed you down, on that they one. come back thank you yeah for that and one. here of course Chris. so here's the thing money line versus spread this mm-hmm. is kind of a, a situation that again you talk to some betters and they say hey just lay the two on yukon at one point yukon was at two and a half save the juice but you know me, Pritch, we've done enough shows that to me, when you're on these money line favorites or when you're on these really short favorites, I would say two and a half or less. I almost always go money line there. I know I'm going to get a little bit less on my bet, Tris, not bet to win on my take back, but it's exact situations like that when you escape with a win. And by the way, when the guy, you know, chucks the ball, the last free throw there to, oh. to kill the clock, that would have covered the two and a half if you got a bad two or two and a half. But the whole point there is that's why you go money line on these plays instead of spread, but only when it's really short. Then the other thing, Pritch, Let's give a shout out to Ken Palm. I reference Ken Palm a lot. I really respect his analytics. Something crazy happened last night. I retweeted it from my account at Josh underscore insights, but Ken Palm with his fan match projections went 28 and 0 straight up Pritch. That is unbelievable. I saw someone reply to him and say there was like a 0.4% chance of, of getting every <laughs> single one. Right. So again, it's not ATS. You're not looking at who covers and who didn't, but mm-hmm. just you know, straight up who wins the game 28 and no for our guy, Ken Palm. So if you ever wonder why I reference Ken Palm last night was a perfect example of why his numbers are great. And if you just bet like one Ken Palm play and it loses, you're like, Oh, you know, he got it wrong. It's the long-term grind of consistently being on the sharp side of the analytics. And really last night was one of those nights where you go, wow. Oh my God. 28 and no, this guy's numbers are really good. Absolutely. It's one thing in the cash, a UConn ticket money line situation right there. Uh, and then it's another one to run the board. That, that's the dream though, right? Uh, I saw that on Twitter, Josh, uh, for Ken Palm to do that. I mean, that's the dream, correct? It really is. And, you know, kind of like Ken Palm and, you know, me early in the season, it was kind of tough sledding, a lot of volatility, you know, a lot of, you know, crazy, like you bet a sharp under it sails over or, you know, you're on a sharp dog and they get blown out. It was really volatile to start, but it kind of is a good omen to me because, you know, kind of like us on the show and getting toward March Madness, 
Ken Palm's hitting his stride. We're hitting our stride on betting across America. It's good timing overall. And Pritch, of course, everyone replied and said, what if I bet $100 on a 28-game parlay and, mm -hmm. you know, money line parlay and all these in cash? So, of course, you know, it's, it's funny to think about. But I think the whole point there is 28-0. You're not going to always go 28-0, but it proves to you that the numbers are worth following. Oh, absolutely. Me. Great insight right there, Josh. Let's get to the National Football League because we have some movement uh, with the Packers. Uh, busy restructuring Kenny Clark's contract, uh, freeing up $10.8 million of cap space in 2022. Green Bay uh, was projected to uh, be over the cap 42 million uh, so obviously they need some they have some more work to do uh, you know whether it's Aaron Rodgers or not Devontae Adams that's the next decision as the window is open for the franchise tag Josh uh, but I got a quote from Brian Guntekunst I love that name I just love that name <laughs> um, about Devontae Adams because I, I think this is intriguing um, he's had a news conference and during the presser uh, he called using a franchise tag on Devontae Adams quote hypothetical unquote, but would rather reach a, quote, long-term deal that helps both sides, unquote. He says Adams, quote, could possibly be, unquote, allowed to leave free agency. So that's interesting to me right there. Like, one, they, they, need, a, they need a deal with Adams that's favorable for both sides, which I don't know how that happens because Adams wants to be the highest-paid receiver uh, in the National Football League. And then on top of that, he says – that there's a possibility that he could be allowed to leave in free agency. I mean, that, there's some movement right there with the Packers, Josh. Yeah, there really is. So number one, just from a financial aspect, Pritch, you're way over the cap. You were projected like 40 million over the cap before this move with Kenny Clark. Now you're down to around 30 over the cap. So you got to, you know, cut some salary here, give a couple guys a haircut, extend their money out. Uh, we all know Pritch with the cap. There are different ways to kind of manipulate it. Mm -hmm. But the whole point being, I think Rodgers and got kind of the status of Devontae Adams is tied to Rodgers. Like if Rodgers retires, are you going to give a franchise tag or a huge boatload of money to Devontae Adams? Maybe that makes you kind of think like, hey, let's just, you know, hit the reset button and blow this thing up, go with Jordan Love uh, and let Adams walk in free agency and get a big compensatory pick in return. So uh, the other hand, though, is if Rogers stays and we're still trying to sift through uh, his Instagram post. And by the way, Pritch, if you want to have some fun and be disgusted, Google the, the fasting and, and the, the crazy thing that Aaron Rodgers did. I learned what gi is. I have never, I had never heard of that prior to yesterday, but let's just say there's a lot of uh, throwing up and going to the bathroom when he did his cleanse. It does not sound very fun, but the whole point there is, you know, does that Instagram post that he put out tell you that, Hey, he's leaving his he's retiring or he's so grateful that he's sticking around to me. The way you play Adams is a play on Rogers. If Rogers stays, you lock up Adams, whether it's the franchise tag or spread the money out and give him, you know, five years uh, or four years, a hundred million, make him one of the top highest paid uh, wide receivers. The other thing, Pritch is in New England. We're having a conversation about J.C. Jackson. Well, the Patriots mm. franchise franchise J.C. Jackson is he worth the money? He said Mr. Int quote unquote wants to get paid. So, uh, what's your take on this, Pritch? Is this just freeing up money to give Rogers, you know, a bazillion dollars and keep him around, or is this a, a different thing going on here with Gutekunst, your favorite uh, your favorite <laughs> player? And can you can you spell his name, Pritch? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I can. I have it in bold print right here. I can spell it right. I, you know, it's just funny uh, that he mentions there's a possibility that Devontae Adams. Could leave in free agency, which I mean, Devontae would break the bank. Uh, there's a team out here in Las Vegas that certainly be attracted to that situation uh, if Devontae Adams were to become a free agency uh, or become a free agent uh, as a wide receiver. So it brings into play because we talked about the Super Bowl odds. We've already talked about MVP odds. We got NFC Championship odds too, Josh. And you know, from a future standpoint, I, I think this is significant.
when you have a quote like that from the GM. Uh, you look at the Bucks and B.A., Bruce Arians, he talked about perhaps going with Blaine Gabbard as their quarterback. I mean, if you're looking at any type of future situation uh, for a betting standpoint, these comments uh, from either a GM or a head coach, uh, you pay attention to this, right? And so when we look at these odds, NFC championship odds, I mean, you got the Packers still at plus 600. But would you place that bet if Devontae Adams was a free agent? No. Uh, certainly you wouldn't place that bet if you thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to be out the door as well. You look at the Buccaneers 11-1 without Tom Brady because he's retiring. I mean, with Blaine Gabbert, NFC Championship odds, are you looking to place that bet as well? I mean, these, these are the kind of news items I think we need to focus on. Uh, we have the window, franchise tag window. Uh, it's until the first part of March that the Packers need to make that decision on Devontae Adams. Yeah, and you did hear Rogers say on the McAfee show, he was kind of saying, like, hey, I'm not going to drag this out. I'm not going to take forever. Maybe part of his cleanse was realizing, like, hey, why do I put all these people through the ringer, all the betters and all the people trying to look at futures? So let's come to a decision sooner rather than later. Uh, but looking at these futures odds, Pritch, you know, I think with the Buccaneers, you still kind of like their defense. Uh, obviously, you know, they're in kind of a division that's pretty much down right now. But if you're going to go with Blaine Gabbert or Trask, you know, who you, you played uh, or you drafted, what, second round last year? I remember that was a bad beat because Trask went before Dave. Davis Mills, I believe, and Mills was supposed to be that uh, that first uh, quarterback selected in round two. But uh, to me, it's a quarterback-driven league, Pritch. I'm not breaking any news there. And if Gabbert is your starter or Trask is your starter, I, I don't know if you can go long, pretty much uh, pretty uh, far there in the playoffs. But I would say, is that, is that a team with the Bucks you target some unders with? A good defense and taking a step back offensively. You know, the Rams plus 450, it's chalky, but it kind of makes a little sense. We know the Super Bowl hangover is difficult, but if you're getting Stafford in year two, who you got to think is going to be even more comfortable with McVay, and you're still bringing back your star players, uh, that's not a bad price to me. The wild card, though, Pritch, is the 49ers at plus 700. Yeah. Do you go with Trey Lance? Is Tom Brady going to come out of quote-unquote retirement? He still never said the R word here and come and play for, uh, you know, the Cinderella ending here with the 49ers. Is there a handshake agreement with Giselle where, hey, how about you, you sit out, you know, until September, you join in October, something like that. I'm just spitballing here, Pritch, but Brady has been linked to the 49ers and he is from San Mateo. I'd be interested in that plus 700 49ers. Even if it is Lance, you're probably not going to win the NFC, but I think there's a good, well-coached team with a good defense and some really good skill position. It's players. a really good team, Josh. I mean, a really good roster. And that's what you focus on too, which probably will improve in off season. Plus 700 does stand out. Uh, what about the Eagles? Eagles making waves in terms of entertaining quarterbacks. I don't know if they're going to move off of uh, Jalen Hurts or not. Uh, and then you got the Seahawks at 18 to one, but I, I mean, Russell Wilson is going to have to be a different quarterback. Uh, he's going to have to be more team-oriented. Uh, we talked about the Vikings the other day, too. Uh, they're 18-1 with a brand-new head coach and offense coordinator as well. Yeah, the Eagles are somewhat intriguing to me, Pritch, just because you have all these draft picks coming up, three first-round picks, right. and you are, I believe, pretty pretty good under the cap here, so maybe you add some free agents as well. So do you stay with Jalen Hurts? I think you kind of continue to build around him. Maybe with those three first-rounders, you you know, you know, draft another wide receiver. I know they've been you know drafting a ton of wideouts recently. Rager hasn't been a huge hit there. I know they had, who was it, Arcega Whiteside a couple years ago who never really popped. But do you work around Hertz and try to kind of recreate that Oklahoma or, you know, old school uh, mm -hmm. Alabama when he's had his first year there, that kind of offense? Do you add to your defense? You're in the division there in the NFC East that, again, the Cowboys are the top dog, but you probably feel good, you know, betting against, uh, you know, going against the Giants or uh, Washington has a lot of questions what they're going to do at quarterback. So to me, 18 to one with a lot of picks, 
I don't think the Eagles are going to win the NFC, but to me, that's kind of a value play with a number that, I don't know, maybe should be closer to 15 to one. What about the all-in mentality, though, Josh? I mean, you got those that many picks. I mean, what's the chances that you're going to get all those picks right uh, in the first round versus packaging those picks and going out and getting a true franchise quarterback? Yeah, so that's obviously up to the Eagles how they want to do it. I mean, to me, if you're if you're working with Hertz, it's all about your perception of Hertz. Is Hertz, and you kind of hear this with Tua as well, like, mm-hmm. you know, is it the quarterback from college? Is it the NFL quarterback? You know, what are you going to get out of him? Right. I don't really have the advanced analytics on Hertz. I can't tell you whether he's been good or bad. I look just look at games I bet on, but I'd stick around Hertz and I'd maybe try to build around him, Pritch. Yeah, I hear you. All right, intriguing right there for the National Football League. Right now, you can check out Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. V senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. Looks at all the angles for the games to determine who is playing, what kind of situation a team is in, and every other aspect. Get to vcin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Come up next, we got Adam Burke. We got NBA. We have college hoops. That's next. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the sports betting network. Everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials. 
every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. And honored to bring on to the program, not in studio, but um, with us anyway, Adam Burke, a VSIN daily newsletter writer, also Point Spread weekly contributor. You can follow him on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. Coming to you from the parking lot of the Riverbank Zoo in Columbia, South Carolina. So I didn't want to stay away from you guys for a week, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, happy to have you. I didn't know where you were. That's why I didn't say you were not in studio, but happy to have you, though, for <laughs> sure. Um, you know, it's interesting as we're approaching conference tournament time in college basketball, different philosophies, uh, how to bet, uh, different angles to look at as well. I mean, you wrote about this, uh, how you identify teams that have value betting for or value betting against. Um, uh, can you help us understand that a little bit more, what you wrote up in the VSIN, uh daily newsletter right there? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm pretty proud of pretty much everything I've written here so far for VSIN, but I'm really proud of this one that was in Point Spread Weekly this week, talking mm -hmm. about conference tournaments and about some of the betting angles that come as a result of the format of the conference tournaments, because some of these conference tournaments don't take everybody. You know, they'll cut off maybe the worst team, the bottom two teams, even the bottom four teams in some cases. So you've got teams that are kind of fighting for their postseason tournament lives. And those are teams that, while they're not very good, they certainly have a lot of incentive to try and play as well as possible here down the line. You think about the Ivy League, for example, where they take the top four in the eight-team conference. Well, three of those teams are pretty much decided already. So you've got four teams basically fighting for one more spot in that conference tournament. The MAC, they only take the top eight teams now out of the 12-team conference. So you've got teams at the bottom that are kind of fighting for position, trying to get themselves to Cleveland for MAC madness. So that's one of the things I wrote about this week in Point Spread Weekly was, you know, these teams that are not only trying to get in the conference tournament, but also there are some pretty big seeding implications where if you're a top four seed, you get a double bye to the quarterfinals. If you're a top two seed, maybe you get a triple bye to the semifinals. These are all things that teams are vying for and things that I think we can play on as betters. Adam, first off, I got to give you props, man. You're on vacation and you pull over <laughs> to a parking lot just to talk to us. You are the man. And I would say, you now you know what it likes and what it's like in Massachusetts when me and all my friends drive to the border to New Hampshire so we can go place our bets. So welcome to our world in a, a state that we're still waiting to legalize. But uh, Adam, kind of on that thread, uh, me and Pritchard have been having a conversation like, what's the best conference in college basketball? I think an easy way to do it is, you know, go through the conferences and look at how many ranked teams they have. Like, for example, the Big Ten has five ranked teams. SEC has five. The Big 12 has four, but they actually have three in the top 10 with Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor. So just from a uh, standpoint of, you know, first, what conference do you think is the strongest? And if you, you know, give me the SEC or Big 10, Big 12, then when you get to the conference or, or when you get to March Madness, do you kind of lean more on these teams because they're from a really tough conference that maybe will benefit them when you get to March Madness? Yeah, I think it's a really good question, Josh. I mean, I guess I would say for this year, I think the SEC is the best conference because I think that you've got a couple of teams there like a Kentucky and like an Auburn where I think their peak, their ceiling might be as high as any team in the country. And certainly Kentucky, I think, is a team that as long as they're healthy come tournament time, they very well could win it. And it really wouldn't be that big of a surprise at all whatsoever. But I think in the SEC, you get challenged by a lot of different types of teams. Whereas in the Big Ten, a lot of those teams are pretty interchangeable. You know, they take good care of the basketball. They don't turn the ball over. There are some teams that play at faster tempo or at slower tempo, but 
a lot of those teams, you know, they just kind of beat each other because there are a lot of similarities between them. I think when you get to the NCAA tournament, you want to be backing teams that have seen a lot of different styles of play, have been in a bunch of different types of games. And I think it's just not really something that you get out of the Big Ten or really, you know, the top of the ACC. So to me, I think that the SEC is the best conference, probably because it's also the most versatile where you've got teams that can play different styles and still have success with it. Adam, your approach in terms of betting, uh, as we look at conferences here, uh, like you mentioned, the ACC down a little bit there, uh, but then the Pac-12 certainly down too. But I mean, equating, or I don't even know if you go about it this way, equating how competitive each conference was compared to what the tournament and the field is going to look like. Uh, like, for instance, when you have the ACC down, uh, you noted uh, about the, the top four teams get a double bye to the quarterfinals in that situation. But what about the Pac-12? Anything else that you've identified from down conferences? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, look, the thing with the Pac-12, a conference like that, you, you have Dana Altman at Oregon. And for whatever reason, it doesn't matter how bad Oregon's playing, all of a sudden they get to the conference tournament and they can win four games in four days and wind up you know, winning that conference. They would, most years they'd be in the NCAA tournament anyway, mm -hmm. but getting that automatic bid, being the type of team that kind of goes on that sort of run, and I think that you know maybe those things are priced into the market to a degree. You think about a Villanova from the Big East, right? I mean, Jay Wright in the month of March is exceptional, and it's true pretty much year in and year out. I don't know if you necessarily pay a premium on some of these coaches in March. Maybe a guy like Tom Izzo, who's done it for so long and, and on such a grand scale with Michigan State, maybe you kind of get a little bit of inflation there. But I just sort of look for teams that typically hit their stride, you know, come the month of March. I think about a team like Belmont, for example, in the Ohio Valley, where they've been through this before. They're, they've been through this a lot, even though some of the coaches have changed and all of that. It's just a program that hits its stride once they get that deep into the season. So I started thinking about teams like that for the most part and you know, trying to play on them when I feel like there's some situations of value, and especially if there are situations of value with these teams that are trying to get a top two, a top four seed for the conference tournament, something like that. Adam, I'm right there with you, and I think you hit on something important, like leaning on coaches, coaches who have a track record and have been in these really, really, you know, tough, you know, action-packed games with a lot on the line, leading on coaches that have won these big games before. I'm right there with you. Also, when you get to conference tournaments, one thing I like to do is bet on some tired leg unders. You get a lot of these neutral courts. Then when you're playing, you know, second game in two days, three game in three days, you get to get these a lot of these tired situational spots where you can lean on some unders because maybe you're front-rimming some shots. But uh, to change gears a little bit, Adam, Talk to me about what one article that I really like from you. Maybe you can give us some more information on rematches. You've done a really good job in the Visa newsletter kind of identifying rematches, like maybe a team, you know, loses the first one and you maybe think about, you know, playing them in the second one or, you know, look at the box score. Maybe it didn't really tell the whole story. Just maybe give some pointers what you've been writing about in terms of rematches because we only have about, you know, four games left for all these teams, but you are heading into a lot of rematches playing for the second time this year. Yeah, real quick, before I get into that, I do want to mention something you talked about in terms of the tired leg unders. Also, to a lot of these neutral site venues, different shooting backdrops. You know, conferences will go from playing in their very, very small on-campus arenas to playing in neutral sites that seat 10, 12, 14,000, something like that. And a lot of times those deeper shooting backdrops can be very challenging for teams. So a lot of times the venue will sort of dictate whether you want to bet overs in a conference tournament or unders in a conference tournament. And that's something I hope to talk about a little bit more next week on uh, maybe write some more about it. Vista.com as well. But as far as the rematch goes, you know, look, if a team was, you know, 13 of 26 from three in the first game, and they're a 30% three point shooting team, probably not going to happen in the second game. You know, obviously if you're playing an opponent who's really bad defensively from, you know, defending the three point line, 
maybe it could happen. But if it's a team that's average and a team just shot the lights out against them, probably going to look to fade that team in the second game. Was there a big discrepancy on the offensive glass? That's something that probably won't change. Was there a big discrepancy with free throw attempts? That's something that maybe could change. So I try to look at the first game, get some data points, dig into that box score, see if anybody was in foul trouble or anything like that. See if any players missed the game injured. Kofi Cokeburn didn't play the first game against Michigan State. Went ahead and played on Illinois over the weekend. They wind up beating Michigan State and covering the number easily. These are things that you can look for as we go throughout the season, in particular with those rematch situations. Adam, getting to the association, uh, outside of the all-star break, we had the layoff. Uh, we're going to have NBA action coming back uh, tomorrow. Uh, any situational spots as we get back into the NBA? Yeah, I got a couple. I'll throw one out for Thursday, and I'll throw one out for Friday here. Uh, the Cavaliers get back at it on Thursday night, and they're on the road against the Detroit Pistons. And the Pistons have only won 13 games this season. One of them was against Cleveland back on January 30th. So we got a little bit of a rapid revenge situation as these two teams played less than a month ago. But the Cavs know that they gave a game away there. And so I feel like in this game, in this rematch, they'll be a team that's fully focused. They're not going to overlook the Pistons or anything like that. They're going to try and get that win back as quickly as they possibly can. And to that end, I think young teams, eager teams, teams that are excited to get back to the floor like the Cavs are having such a good season, I think those are good play-on teams coming out of the All-Star break. On the flip side, a team like the Houston Rockets, they'd rather be anywhere else other than on the floor right now. They take on the Orlando Magic on Friday. Look, the Magic only have 13 wins themselves, but only five of them are at home, and they've got a good shot at winning a game at home here on Friday night. So to me, I think a team like that, a team like Orlando that's trying to get any kind of positive vibe whatsoever versus a Houston team where they know that, you know, I mean, this is just a throwaway season for them and another one in, in what seems to be a string of them. I think Orlando is just going to be a little bit more focused, a little bit more engaged, a little bit more excited to get back on the floor. So like the Cavs on Thursday night against the Pistons and then the Magic on Friday against the Rockets. Adam, cannot thank you enough for your time. It's like you were in studio with us today. That was outstanding. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Adam Burke uh, right there. Again, follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. The VSIN daily newsletter uh, is incredible, right? Also, Point Spread Weekly uh, right there from Adam Burke. Coming up next, though, we're going to get to some divisional odds uh, in the association. That's coming up next. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find a satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find the Zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum. Uh, Josh, so in the association, uh, the futures here for divisional odds as we return back to action uh, coming up tomorrow. Let's start with the Atlantic division. Uh, this division is going to be highly intriguing. Uh, we got the 76ers as a favorite, minus 200. The Nets are 12-1 to 1 here, right? 
But I, I thought the Nets were also one of the favorites uh, for that conference. So uh, <laughs> divisional odds gets interesting here to me. The 76ers minus 200, the Celtics, who I like, plus 325. What do you think? Yeah, so first off, Pritch, you know, that Nets play, you look at it and you're like, wow, I can get 12 to 1 to win the division. Like, I'll run to the window right now and go and go bet that. But I think you got to remember, like, the Nets, to me, are the kind of team that really isn't caring that much about the regular season. They just want a record that's decent enough to get them into the playoffs. So right now, they're four and a half games back of uh, the division-leading 76ers right now. You still have James, uh, or you lose James Harden. You still have uh, Kyrie, who's dealing with the, uh, you know, the mandate there, which sounds like it could be lifted. So that would be a benefit there. But also Durant, you know, you're dealing with him, and when will he be back? I think if you're the Nets, you have you take a very, very cautious approach with him. Obviously, you know, picking up Curry to me was a good boost, and you're adding Dragic too. But uh, to win the division, I don't know if the motivation is there. It's more of like, hey, the you know the real games count in the playoffs. So I don't, well, I wouldn't jump on that 12 to one, even though it feels yeah. like a good number. To me, Pritch, it's between the Sixers and the Celtics. And to your point, you know, Philadelphia, they're minus 200 right now. Also lean on these strength of schedules. The Celtics and the Sixers are playing the same strength of schedule down the stretch. Kind of a hard schedule. You know, down the stretch, they're playing everyone with above 500 win percentage. The Celtics right now are two games back of Philadelphia. I think the value there could be the Celtics. Yes, I'm a Celtics fan, but I can tell you what, Pritch, it's been a complete turnaround. This team has been maddening for going on a year and a half now. Then, for whatever reason, they just clicked. Maybe it was Kendrick Perkins, you know, calling them all out on Twitter, and they finally had a come-to-Jesus moment here. But I would really lean on uh, the trade of Derek, or adding Derek White. He really has really kind of just lengthened this roster, uh, point guard who they needed really badly here, uh, and also bringing in Tice, who's a good kind of, you know, complimentary piece. So the Celtics have been, you know, red hot here down the stretch. They're only two games back. There could be a Sixers play where it might uh, take some time for Harden to get acclimated and kind of get the groove. So again, to me, the value is the, is the Celtics. The odds makers are telling you the play is the Sixers. But don't be afraid of the Raptors too, Pritch. The Raptors are only uh, two and a half games back of um, of the Sixers, but they have the easiest schedule on the board, a 486 win percentage, 24th easiest here in the NBA down the stretch. Yeah, good way to highlight uh, the Raptors there a little bit. I mean, the Celtics really stand out to me right now, though, Josh, because of Derek White, that addition. Uh, certainly Marcus Smart, uh, the situation with him, he needs to stay healthy if he can. But uh, the defensive effort, though, by the Celtics has changed. Uh, we, we just saw the Celtics and the 76ers. Now, 76ers out of sync and, until Harden gets on the floor. They're missing outside shooting as well. I mean, Seth going to Brooklyn, that, that makes a big difference. Uh, I'm not high on green anymore as an outside shooter. But uh, if the Celtics can certainly play defense the way they have as of late, uh, combining that with the scoring opportunities that they create for themselves uh, at plus 325, I actually like that play. I'm with you, Pritch. And, you know, you hit on something that was a really important defensive efficiency. Yeah. You know, uh, we gave a shout out to Ken Palm earlier for his epic day yesterday. But when it comes to NBA, I lean on John Hollinger. So Hollinger ESPN, if you Google it, he'll pretty much have it's not quite at the Ken Palm level, but it would give you the metrics of pace points for points against efficiency, tempo, all that kind of stuff. And I just dialed it up because you're totally right. The Celtics, you know, you bet a couple overs when you see them play and you're like, wow, this team is really slow, but it's because of their really good defense. Why they're kind of an under team. They're the second best defensive efficiency team in the NBA, Pritch, uh, a rating of over uh, 102 right now. The only team better is Golden State. Now, mm-hmm. Philly is down by 11, so uh, they're not as good defensively. And then also Harden, he's not a defensive type guy. <laughs> Obviously, he's an elite scorer. But that could be the key. If you're banking on the Celtics to win this prop, I think it's because their defense kind of really sets them apart and then really makes their offense a bit easier on the other end. And the fact that Harden's coming back from a hamstring situation, too, that kind of makes me nervous. Uh, Certainly, I wouldn't lay 200 
uh, right here for that. But uh, we just don't know about that situation. We think and imagine that it's going to be okay on, on the floor uh, with Embiid. But again, you still have some games and some work to do here uh, to end the regular season with Harden. Yeah, and again, he misses the All-Star game, so he's had some time off. But, uh, Pritch, at some point, it's like, and again, we talked about it quite a bit, these soft uh, tissue muscle injuries. Yeah. Like, to me, when you when you constantly have a hamstring, you know, if you break your leg or you're playing hockey and someone checks you into the boards and, you know, you break your arm, like, that's totally understandable. But it's got to be maddening, Pritch. Maybe you can speak to this because you've been in, you know, a college locker room, an NFL locker room. The upper management must be really mad when you have these soft core injuries because, to me, it's about stretching and putting in your work. And maybe Harden isn't doing that. I'm, you know, kind of making a, you know, an assumption here. But isn't it true that the upper management gets really mad at players that deal with these soft core injuries? Yeah, it is true. I mean, you can kind of. I never had a pulled hamstring because you, you know, you could be in shape one, but then a lot of times when you do pull a hamstring, it's because you're not in shape, uh, Josh, and uh, you're not taking care of your body. I mean, diet comes into play too, but that's a major muscle uh, in your body. It's just so hard if you continually have problems with that hamstring. Uh, and so all of a sudden, uh, they're going to solve it. He's going to rest long enough, and that hamstring is going to be okay. But uh, you got to start and stop nature and, and um, uh, the fast twitch nature of your fiber, muscle fibers on the floor. That gets difficult to me. Uh, we'll see if Harden can manage that and get through the regular season, though. Uh, but the hamstring uh, issue is an issue, in my opinion. Okay, let's get to the central division uh, with these odds. Uh, I mean, this is... This is interesting to me, uh, Josh, because you got the Bulls, you got the Bucks, and you got the Cavs. Now, the Bucks are plus 105, the Bulls plus 200, uh, and then the Cavs plus 250. First of all, I want your thoughts uh, on these odds right here in this central division. So I think you hit the nail on the head, Pritch. This thing is wide open. I mean, unlike the uh, the Atlantic Division, when you get to the Central, there's no minus number in term mm -hmm. in front of any of these teams. So there's no um, there's no minus favorite. So you're you're getting plus money on any of these teams if you like them, any of them in general. Now the Bucks, you start with them. They do have the hardest strength of schedule, but Pritch, strength of schedule isn't as bad if you are one of the best teams. You know, <laughs> you can look at it that way. So plus 105, you're getting plus money. Uh, but right now, if you look at the standings, the Bucks are two and a half games back of the Bulls, who lead the division. Now, the Bulls are interesting to me because um, they've had a fantastic first half here. DeRozan, you know, totally wound back the clock and has been unbelievable here. If you play DFS, you know, you're playing him every night. I mean, he's getting you a ridiculous amount of points here. My question is with the Bulls, can you get these injured guys back? Can you get, you know, your Lonzo ball back? You're, you know, we make fun of Caruso a little bit, uh, but, you know, you get some of these guys who can really benefit you. To me, it's an injury-based play if you're betting the Bulls that you're going to get some reinforcements and continue to roll here. But I would say, keep an eye on the Cavaliers, Pritch. There's kind of this anti-Cavs thing where, you know, LeBron's long gone, even though he did hint that he could come back, uh, which is funny, Pritch. Everyone to join him. Now he's getting older. He's going to go join a young, no, young, another young gun type team, maybe. Uh, but this is a team that is really, really impressed, is way ahead of schedule. They're plus 250. Right now they are only, let's see, they're only same tied here with the Bucks, two and a half games back of the Bulls. But again, leaning on strength of schedule, they have the easiest strength of schedule of these top three teams, a 487 win percentage down the stretch. So, you know, they're young. Can they do it? I don't know. It's probably going to be the Bucks, I would say. But at that number and really easy schedule down the stretch, I could see them maybe making this thing interesting. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks got the pedigree for sure. Uh, can they put it together here down the stretch in this phase of the NBA this season? Uh, the Cavs are intriguing to me, though, because they got that good mix of those young players that you mentioned. But then the veterans, too, though, on this roster, Josh, 
that can help sustain this run that they've been on. Impressive, highly impressive. The Bulls, I am concerned, uh, Donovan, in terms of, uh, you know, guys being healthy and staying healthy. Levine is, is another player uh, right there that can help out DeRozan for sure. But uh, to me, I think this division could be between the Cavs and the Bucks. Uh, I don't know if I would uh, uh, take the number plus 105 with the Bucks right now, but maybe a shot on the Cavs, though. Yeah, and to your point, Pritch, you know, if you're betting the Bucks, maybe you're going to get them going to get a better number for them to win, yeah. you know, the Eastern Conference or you know win the NBA championship. So that could be worth a look there. And by the way, I know we're up against it. Cleveland, they've been unbelievable this mm -hmm. year, Pritch. 35 and 23 record, but they're 35 and 21 against the spread. They're winning and covering almost all, all their wins. They're also covering. They're not winning, you know, minus five and winning by three and not covering. They're winning and covering, and they've been great to the under. They're tw uh, 35 and 22 to the under. Keep an eye out as we get into the second half of the NBA uh, season here. To me, when the Cavs are at home and when the Dallas Mavericks are at home, those have been the two best uh, home teams to the under. Cavs are now uh, 19 and seven to the under at home. And really, if you've been you know hopping on this and, and following it, they've really cashed a ton of tickets, ATS and to their unders. Yeah, that's something to follow for sure. I, I, I really love uh, what you see on the floor from them. Uh, now, that division, again, the pedigree is with Milwaukee, uh, certainly. Uh, and Giannis, the freak out there, too. But the collection of players with the Cavs, uh, highly intriguing, plus three, 250 uh, right there to win the Central Division. Uh, come up next on the program, uh, we have some college hoops, Josh. I don't know if we're going to run the table or run the board like <laughs> Kim Palm, but we'll do our best, though, to cash some tickets. Uh, college hoops coming up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet on more than a final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bed types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts. If you're new to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonuses or convert into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Visit BetMGM.com. For terms and conditions, must be at least 21. All promotions subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you feel that you have a gambling problem. Promotion offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. One game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard. Josh Applebaum with you. So college hoops, Josh, you were impressed. We both were actually, everybody should be with Ken Palm. Um, let's start with this game because I'm curious on your thoughts that Providence is in, intriguing to me. Uh, they have a chance to win and do something that that school has not done. Regular season conference tournament champions, conference t- champions. Uh, they're laying one point though uh, against Xavier. You would think, you know, if you're have control uh, over this conference, it would be a bigger spread in this in this game. 137 is the total. What do you think? Yeah, so I wrote about Providence as a kind of an early sharp play overnight for the Visa newsletter, and I, I like Providence. I put it in already, but I am getting a little bit worried about Providence because okay. you are seeing some buyback on this line towards Xavier. So uh, you mentioned it, Pritch. You know, you look at the early movement. Providence opened as around a one-point favorite at home. They got all the way up to minus two or two and a half. So I went to bed saying, wow, Providence, good line move. You know, I, I mm-hmm. money lined them when they were around minus one and a half. I'm feeling good about it. Then I wake up. I see the two and a half down to two. The two is down to one and a half. And now the one and a half is down to one. So late movement is going towards Xavier. To me, Pritch, I'll stick with my money line play here on Providence. There's okay. a couple reasons. Uh, if you want to play Providence number one, we talk about Ken Palm, 28-0 and straight up yesterday. He does have Providence winning this game by two points. Our buddy Greg Hoops has him by three. You have Providence 12-2 and two in conference play. Xavier only seven and eight. Also, Providence great at home, 14 and one. And you have seen Xavier in t- some of these spots where, uh, you know, big home road split. Xavier great at home, not as good on the road. Providence nine and one, their last 10. Xavier four and six, their last 10. So the late movement, I, I fully admit, you are seeing some uh, respected money hit Xavier, you know, two plus two and a half plus two, maybe one and a half was the last number. But now that you're down to one, to me, the value is buying law in Providence, whether you want to lay the one or go money line and they win by one and you push. Obviously, we saw what happened last night with UConn. Yeah. So, again, I'm, I'm worried by this late movement pitch towards Xavier, but I'm going to stay with Providence here and see if we can cash this bet on the Friday. Maybe because you think about Providence and, and, okay, what they had to do and overcome against Butler. And, and I was curious about could that have created momentum or can they be tired, right? I mean, that, that, that would, they expended some energy uh, right there against Butler. And the, sh- the slow start, too, was a little bit concerning uh, to me for Providence. Uh, uh, looking at this other game, Josh, Rutgers and Michigan, uh, a lot of intrigue here because Rutgers, uh, they put up 72 in a losing effort uh, against Purdue on the road. They're on the road against Michigan, but then the unknowns with Michigan, though, Josh and Juwan Howard, uh, a couple players suspended as well. Minus five at home, 135 and a half is the total. So I grabbed the points with Rutgers, Pritch. And if you, you watch Rutgers and you see them play, they've been fantastic at home. But they've gone on the road and they've really played up to their competition. I don't mm-hmm. have the number in front of me, but they've knocked off at least three or four ranked teams. And I know Michigan isn't ranked, but still a really good program here. You know, it's a tough environment. 
but it's all based on the line movement for me. Rutgers actually opened a lot of these books um, on the flip side. Michigan uh, laying seven, laying six and a half. You've seen this line get all the way down to five. I mean, some shops even got down to four and a half at one point and saw it come back a little bit. So, number one, movement has been toward Rutgers. Uh, Ken Palm has them losing by six, so it's really not a Ken Palm edge play. But you do have Rutgers, 10-6 and six in conference play. Michigan, 8-7 and seven in conference play. Rutgers has, again, played well against these elite teams. And the X factor here, Pritch, I don't know if you've ever dealt with this where you're on a team where, you know, you lose your coach or you suspended or, uh, you know, there's an illness or something and they can't and they can't coach the game. I think that's a factor here. No Jawan Howard, you know, the voice that's been guiding you all year long in the last couple of years is no longer there. Uh, how does that fracas and, and the suspension affect this team? To me, that's an X factor. You know, again, if you're thinking of it this way, you know, minus five Michigan, you're getting a deflated line, but they don't have their coach and the line is going to Rutgers. So I'll take a shot on Rutgers here. I'll grab uh, I'll grab the Scarlet Knights here. Plus five. Okay. You're also looking at this game, uh, Mississippi State and South Carolina. What are you seeing in this matchup? Yeah, so I didn't realize that Adam Burke was down in South Carolina. So this makes me feel better because <laughs> right. I'm on South Carolina right, here, okay. Pritch. Maybe, yeah, we're gonna actually have Adam go to the game and, and heckle the uh, the Mississippi State <laughs> players here to see if we can get South Carolina. But uh, I like South Carolina plus the points. Um, what's interesting to me is you know this game open at a lot of shops. Mississippi State laying two and a half. Uh, you've seen it get down to two at some shops. You know, a lot of them are kind of inching back toward two and a half, but it's kind of some line freeze action where it's either, you know, stayed at the opening number or fallen a little bit toward South Carolina. South Carolina has been playing a little bit better as of late. They've actually won three straight. And their last two games against LSU and, and Ole Miss, they won outright as a four-point dog and a four-and-a-half-point dog. Now you're coming back home. You do have a one-day rest advantage with South Carolina. Uh, some advantages here in the rebounding aspect, 39 boards a game versus 35. Also, Ken Palm only has South Carolina losing by one point. So if you're getting a two or shop around and try to find the hook two-and-a-half, to me that's some actionable value. And again, home road, Pritch, it, it means a lot in yep. college to me. Mississippi State one and seven on the road this year. South Carolina ten and four. And to Adam's point earlier, this is another revenge game. Uh, you had um, earlier this earlier this month, February first, South Carolina got rolled seventy-eight to sixty-four at Mississippi State. I'm hoping that they can keep this thing close, win the game, lose by one uh, or lo lose by two, I guess, if you get the hook. But I'm on South Carolina. Let's see if Adam Burke can uh, give us some good good vibes down there with the Gamecocks. All right. So this next game, Wake Forest-Clemson, I mean, obviously it's line movement that's involving you, I believe, in this one. Open up, what, minus one and a half. Uh, Wake Forest is up to three now, three and a half at some spots as well. I'm going to go wake in this one, Pritch. Yeah. This is one of those plays where, you know, if Clemson beats me, I'll tip my cap. But a lot of indicators here toward Wake Forest. Number one, they open uh, as kind of a short, you know, one and a half, two point favorite. Mm -hmm. You see them get bet up to now minus three. Uh, that three is a decent number because a lot of those minus threes are juiced up minus 115, like it's trending up to three and a half. So all movement has been toward Wake here. Uh, Ken Palm only has him winning by one, but he's got him ranked way higher. 30th in the country, Wake Forest versus 90 with Clemson. Um, our buddy Greg Hoops has Wake by three, so credit to Greg that the line moved toward him. Uh, both teams are giving up 69 points a game, but I'm banking on the offense of Wake Forest in this one, Pritch. They're averaging 80 points a game, only around 70 for Clemson. I don't know if Clemson will have the offensive firepower to keep up. Better field goal percentage team, 48% versus 45%, and a better rebounding team, 38 versus 35 a game. Clemson has also lost six straight, and they've really kind of not shown up in some of these spots. So, again, if Clemson wins or covers, mm -hmm. you know, I'll tip my cap. 
but give me Wake Forest. I'll go down with a better team. I'm on Wake Forest money line here. Okay, I have not made a play on this next game. I'm curious, Phil, about uh, the market inside on this one, though, Josh, because you got Duke on the road against Virginia. In fact, Duke's going to end their season on the road. Uh, but the story about Coach K for sure, right? Uh, but this line is ticked up uh, in favor uh, of Duke. Uh, open at four and a half for seeing five earlier today. I saw five and a half at a few spots. Virginia is good at home in terms of defensively, right? And uh, a chance for Virginia in this one. What was the market indicating to you? Yeah, so you were hit the nail on the head, Pritch. Number one, the line is going to Duke. They're also a really, really popular play. I'm seeing at, you know, BetMGM, DraftKings, they're getting like 90% of bets. Okay. Everybody loves sweating Duke this time of year. Pretty much they love sweating them all year long. But um, to your point, you know, the line did go to Duke. Some of these books open like four, four and a half, something like that. Uh, got up to five and a half. I even saw one book that touched six. Mm. And that's when a lot of buyback on Virginia hit uh, plus six, five and a half now down to five. So to me, it's Virginia or nothing. I'm not going to lay the, the points with Duke on the road at, after the number has moved in the most public game of the night. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's by low Virginia. Can you find a hook on a five and a half? I don't know if it's going to come back here. But I want to say, didn't Virginia uh, buzzer beater beat? I think they beat uh, Duke like 69-68. What was that? Like just a, a couple weeks ago. So I'll either take the points or lay off this one. It's really just kind of a hazmat play, uh, unranked conference dog yeah. versus ranked opponent with a little buyback now. So I'll go Virginia or nothing here. Okay. And Duke, uh, they've been talking about the fact uh, they're going to be on the road here to end their season, regular season. Uh, okay. The Market Insights podcast again each and every day. Josh Applebaum does a great job. Uh, what you have for us today? Yeah, so let's go off the beaten path a little bit here, Pritch. Uh, I'll try to, you know, do a give you a Grand Canyon or Utah Valley State. Uh, <laughs> tonight's Grand Canyon or Utah Valley State play, Tennessee Chattanooga. I'm looking at Chattanooga here. Uh, they open on the road at East Tennessee State. Some shops were, you know, around a two and a half, three, got up to three and a half at one point. It's pretty much now minus three Tennessee Chattanooga here. But I like Tennessee Chattanooga on the money line to win this game, around a minus 145. Uh, Ken Palm's got him by four, ranked way higher, 80th versus 179 East Tennessee State. You also have a really good team, Tennessee Chattanooga, off, after a couple of really bad losses. They think they're, uh, let me find the record for you. I think they're 22-7 and seven on the year. They've been great, but they've lost the last two. So I always like it like when a really good team has a couple losses because it humbles them. It makes them a little bit hungrier. I think they come out blazing tonight, Pritch. They're 12 and four in conference play, better offense, defense, and field goal shooting. So give me Tennessee Chattanooga there on the money line. And then if we can fit in a real quick hockey play, the Montreal Canadiens, Pritch, ever since Martin St. Louis took over, they've mm -hmm. been frisky. I like them as pretty much a minus 110 at home against Buffalo tonight. Okay. I like that price, to be honest. That could be my first hockey player of the year. Ooh, let's ride. And Martin <laughs> St. Louis, the pride of University of Vermont, my college, Pritch. All right. Keep it rolling, Josh Applebaum. Great <laughs> job. We'll see you tomorrow. Come up next, The Edge, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 